You're listening to Paint the Town podcast with your hosts, LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Shedge of. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Come on, dude. Let's arm wrestle. Let's arm wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> In the last uh, show, we were talking about we were with this like gorgeous yarn bomber, and uh, I don't know somehow like London K, yeah, London K, and shout the, out to London K. Yeah, and we were watching some YouTube videos of like two like meathead dudes like arm wrestling. So teach like uh, uh, hey, they're not meathead <laughs> dudes, you know. Some of these guys are actually pretty smart. My bad, but, but they look like you know they have a certain look to them. You know, they're like lumberjacks basically. You know what I mean? So. All right, so today uh, we have uh, one of the most interesting people that I know. Definitely one of the most knowledgeable. Um, people that I know, um, uh, and that is Badir McCleary. Thank what you. What up, y'all? What up? What up? Thank you for having me. Definitely happy to be here after a crazy morning. And uh, what I do you mean have... crazy morning? What you got going on? I'm working with a client in their collection, and uh, we got stuff from the 1920s and 30s. And uh, as you see, I have sweatpants on because it's. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get cancer soon from dealing with some of this stuff because, I mean, with photos and everything from the 20s, that's not been taken care of. So there's a type of smell and all types of stuff that comes from the acid. There's some chemical reactions going on. Yeah. So, you know, I got to kind of like detach myself from it a little bit after driving from Agora Hills. You know, it's... Okay. So they got a collection of of what now? So uh, working out with Farmers, uh, Farmers Insurance, which is, you know, one of the biggest companies in California, they have a massive history collection that includes art, uh, photography, newspaper articles, um, freaking old typewriters, dat machines, reels, everything that you can possibly think of to be in a collection, they have it. Wow. And it is the most unsorted thing oh, you've no. ever been Involved How did in that happen? Know. It's like a, a, what is it called? Pawn Stars deal? It's, it's kind of like that. And it's kind of like, like say if, you, if, if, if your mom told you to clean your room for yeah. the last 30 years and you just stuffed everything <laughs> in your closet and then she finally just found out everything that you've been hiding. So pretty much I've been sifting through that all summer working with them. I mean, the team is amazing, but the work is insane. And so is this like a big warehouse? And, and No, they actually have a university. So, you know, all the commercials that they shoot with uh, Schillinger <laughs> from uh, Oz. I keep forgetting his actual name, but the, the character that, that plays Schillinger in Oz is like their, I think it's like professor or something for like the farmer's commercials and all that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so him. Uh, so I know exactly. They, we've seen a few things because we've done a few things. Yeah, exactly. So they have a whole university out in Agora Hills where they have a museum. They have a film studio. They have a photo studio. Oh, so that's when you see those commercials. It's all shot there. It's all okay. It's all shot there. Wow. So like they just actually got rid of, and I'm l- lucky I got to actually be a part of this, uh, the 1920s Cadillac Phaeton. They sold it to Jay Leno. Of so, you know, so, you know, Jay Leno has Jay a huge, huge He has like hundreds of cars, or yeah. a couple hundred cars, something like that. He's yeah. got 180, and then oh, like okay. 76 motorcycles or something crazy. Like I mean, that. I don't even know if some of those count as cars. They're like steam engines or something like that. Yeah, like, you know I mean, I mean? because yeah. the, the oh car gosh. that we had didn't even run. You know, it, it, 
it's literally like a model car. It was the first car that farmers ever insured. It's, and it was like a little, you know, yeah. a cool We're, we're talking farmers like, bum, ba, dum, bum, 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 Yeah, yeah, bum, them, okay, those, okay. exactly. Just, just making yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. farmers insurance, those, you know, so they've been, you know, collecting all of this history. A lot of these actual big corporations do. A lot of them just don't know what to do with it. Wells Fargo's one that has actually done a really good job with their history and uh, their actual arts collection to where farmers and other companies are starting to replicate that by actually making a place for their history. So that's what I've been doing. Just letting you know I got wow. fired from Wells Fargo before. <laughs> <laughs> what? What did you I do? I think I might still owe the money on a negative bank account. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know what? It's funny. Let's, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Wells Fargo was in the news actually recently. Really? And then, um, not recently, past few years, you know, of just like oh, yeah, they opening up. up opening up accounts for people uh, that, need that didn't need them, right? Charging well, basically, them. think about this, yeah. okay? They just got busted for that. But basically, when I was working for them in 06, okay? Um, yeah, definitely, man. That's the kind of shit, like, they were trying to push straight up, man. Like, you know what I mean? So this, wow. is, this, is, my little, this is my little thing. I mean, I eventually, uh, um, they had to let me go for this, but, <laughs> but, but my, my, uh, my tactic as a salesperson was uh, I was in a fraternity, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I would I just went and uh, signed up all my fraternity brothers, and then like Smart. I would take different uh, my own money and put a hundred bucks inside. <laughs> but but they wanted to have the account too, just for yeah, convenience yeah. sake. I'm just saying I convinced them. So you, did you, know? you did you get like a certain commission? Yeah, yeah, you, you, you know what I mean. And then the thing is, like after three months, <laughs> they decided they didn't want it anymore, so I had to close it for them. Oh. You, you know what I mean. But the point is, I still got the credit for it. You know what I mean. Yeah, I mean you got to hustle. You and also, it. it's just like, dude, if you know, there's some. Uh, obviously, if you have this relationship with your banker, if you have some overdraft fees, like we're gonna help you out, right? You know mm -hmm. what I mean. So basically, the. Um, but, but think about this. The environment was pressing their salespeople to do that. Yeah. And then they turn around and they're like, oh, you're gaming the system. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they basically said I was gaming. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but hey, man, yeah. you got you to work with what you got. You, you know what I mean? But that taught me a lot of experience of just like how corporations are just signing up for bullshit, basically. I got a question. But do you sorry, sorry. I don't mean no, that. No, no. <laughs> That's mean... actually very relevant to a lot of stuff we'll possibly talk about in this podcast. Okay. So yeah, 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 yeah. You don't realize how relevant that really is. Okay. So. How, did you end up, how did you end up working with, with Farm? Um... Actually, like, it's cool because I actually, when I, you know, I went to Sotheby's, you know, for my grad school, I did art business at Sotheby's Institute. I just know Sotheby's as like an art company. What do they actually do? If you they're, don't mind they're an auction to house. You know, okay. And they, okay. Uh, well, one of their facets is an auction house. They okay. also do realty and, you know, a bunch of other things. They sell shit, basically. Sell a lot of luxury. Okay. You know what I mean? So they're a luxury brand that for does sure. a lot of mm -hmm. um, sales commissions, things like that. Yeah, real yeah. estate, too. Yeah, they, they're, they're major. Um, so I was at Sotheby's studying arts business and, you know, one of our, you know, requirements and some things that was good to have was an internship, you know, mm -hmm. so I had seen this thing with farmers and I was like, all right, you know, I couldn't get other internships in the art world because a lot of them were my contemporaries. So a lot of them wouldn't hire me. There's a lot of people that wouldn't hire me. I've went to a lot of my friends that are gallery owners and things like that and say, yo, like, you know what I can do, like, let me, let me work for you for the summer. And they were like, no, like, you're competition. You own a gallery. Like, you know, what am I going to do? Take you might clients. take our clients. And I'm like, dude, you know me. Like, if I haven't taken your clients yeah, now, right. you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I have integrity. Sure. So I seen that at the job board up at, uh, at CGU. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to try it out. You know, it's 
something sounded dope. You know, they got a collection. You know, I always wanted to work a little bit in collection management. I've always liked to see other collectors' items or what they, you know, hoard. You know, so I was like, okay, that sounds good. So went for it. Uh, literally applied. Called me literally within two hours. But like, dude, like. You really want to do this? <laughs> like we see your we see your resume. And it was like, do you really you you sure you really want to do this? And I was like, yeah, why not? You know, at that time it was it was steady. You know, it wasn't like they were paying peanuts. What year was this? This was 2017. Before yeah. I had left to go for my final semester in London. That's when I had moved out to London. Nice. And um, you seem like an international man. Of yeah, I, yeah, I got an international man of mystery. We're gonna man. go back and forth here yeah. in just a second because we're gonna do a little Tarantino style. Most but I just just. Just curious about the, the the recent job. So, okay, where did you grow up? I grew up in Philly, born and raised. West Philadelphia, born and raised. It's a playground. Playground, you know what I mean? Where I spend most of my days. Everybody, I swear, every time every time I say that, the, the, the theme song comes out. You have to. And literally, Will Smith lived on the next block. You know, I lived nice. on Burks. He's on Arlington. Okay. You know, his dad owned the ice shop. So we would always see his dad, and Will would come in the summertime. We would play crate basketball, and... He Damn. would come around and I had no just, idea you're the same oh, age yeah. group, bro. Oh, no, I'm not. Like I'm, oh. I'm younger. But okay. like, he was, he was always, you know, just around. Okay. Like yeah, when, yeah, when yeah. he was coming around, For I mean, sure. it was like I, I've heard, you know, the adults and the older, you know, OGs in my neighborhood. They grew up, you know, with Will Smith in the neighborhood, yeah. and everybody so had stories. Basketball. I don't know. You know, I, I mean, if he went to acting, I would say no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I Philly is a basketball town, and right. if you can make it in basketball, you play basketball. You know, right. she Wallace, Malik Roses, you know, Kyle Lowry now, the NBA champion with the Raptors now. So, you know, Philly is a basketball and arts town. Quick like, question yeah. about Philly. Um, how do you like your cheesesteak, man? Oh, man. I like mine with uh, fried onions, a uh, little bit of hot. Whiz or regular cheese? What kind of cheese do you like? The Whiz or you like provolone? Oh, American. American. They're, American they're, cheese. Nice. Yeah. And I only like American cheese because my mom used to make me sandwiches to lunch. And I, I used to always have American cheese with it. So it was like, that was the only cheese I knew for like 20 years. For sure. So I just stuck with it. You, like you know what I mean? It's just the straight... It's, it's just cheese. I thought, thought it was just cheese. The like, straight plastic cheese. Exactly. Right? It's just cheese. Like, there's no other thing. It's cheese. We have cheese here. And then until I started to, like, you know, go over friends' houses and see different things start hearing about, you know, Monterey Jack cheeses and things like that. And it was like, damn, you know, there's a there's a whole new world out here full of cheeses and all types of other shit that I'm just not a part of. So, you know, that made me want to get a, be a part of that. For so, sure. Well, real quick, uh, the reason I ask yeah. you, man, it's just a real quick shout out real quick, I want to give. Actually, one of my uh, really good guys that I jam with, I'm a DJ, I make music word, and word. stuff like that, right? His grandfather was actually the guy, David Oliveri, his grandfather was actually the guy who brought the cheesesteak over to Philly. You know really? what I mean? And so here's this. From where? From really? Italy. Hold on. Really? Yeah. So basically, so if you look it up on the internet, man, okay, if you look oh, it up on the, on the internet, okay. you, you met Dave before. He will. Yeah. The deer is a time yeah, to go down I'll check it out. Did you check this out? Did you know that, you know, Pat, there's Pat and Pat's and uh, Geno's. Geno's, right? Yeah. You I'm know, not a fan of B there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, exactly. It's yeah, some touristy and, shit, yeah, right? Yeah, and you see, and to, to have with that, anybody who goes or anybody who's from Philly knows you have, you know, your, your, your go-to cheesesteak spot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially if you're if it's in your neighborhood. Like I'm from West Philly, so Larry's, Jim's, you know, that's pretty much where I roll. I've been to those you know, actually. They're, they're good. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. straight up. Like Larry's, you got the belly filler, 
You know what I mean? Which is, you know, it's like the huskiest sandwich you ever meet in your life. And, Sounds very descriptive. Oh, it's it's it pretty much is what it is. You know what I mean? And gems, like back in the day, like my mom used to always take me to gems, and I would always see these, you know, ladies that were behind the counter, and they always had jokes, and they was just, they 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 could handle all the tough guys, and it just made it seem like you just wanted to get it from there. You know what For I mean? Sure. Like yeah, so, yeah, Larry's yeah. and Jim's was my spot, so where it was like nice culture. Shout, yeah, out, yeah, shout yeah. out to Larry and yeah. Jim's cheese day, like, man. Larry and Jim, 62nd Street and City Line Avenue. Everybody <laughs> know where that's at. Check them out, man. But see, check this out. But did you know that Geno's and Pat's are actually owned by the same family? Did. Yeah, you I did. did. Okay, so that's what I'm yeah. saying. They're sneaky like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, like <laughs> and Pepsi and Coke, huh? And really, are they, are they on the same company? Are they? I didn't know if they are, but... They might be. No, what I'm trying to say is that David's grandfather, they actually just opened up two things and created a competition with them smart. both that's actually, like, non-existent. So, but you know, very I smart. Very but smart, in a, yeah. in a place like Philly, I will say, with the saturation of cheesesteaks, <laughs> that shit don't even matter, yeah. right? Because, <laughs> like, 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 everybody in South Philly goes to Geno's or Pat's because they like Geno's or Pat's. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and plus, Geno's or Pat's, is great club, after club food. Yeah when, yeah. when you're down at Old City and you're partying, anybody know there, it's open to like yeah, four. It's open like 24 hours. Ah. So you go yeah. there right after the club and everything you get, you can get soaking up with the cheesesteak. They used to have the clam bar out there too. You can get all types of seafood until like four in the morning too. But I go getting hungry. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's one of those type of places, and yeah, I can't wait to go home. So yeah, anyway, my bad. We're <laughs> supposed to be like talking about art. We're talking about cheese. No, 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 no. Hey, we <laughs> talk about everything. Oh, definitely, <laughs> we talk about everything. All I has had to ask, so leads back to art. So it was back to uh, Sotheby's. So like I, I had uh, went to uh, Sotheby's. I seen the, the uh, internship thing on the on the wall. You know, I went and checked it out. Um, ended up going for the interview. Uh, they liked me. Uh, it was like, hey, when can you start? I was like, immediately, you know. So I was like, cool, you know. Like, I got my internship. I'm rocking, you know. I still was running my gallery. I'm still a gallery owner at this sure. point, you know. Um, so I'm going to school, I'm running the gallery, you know, trying to do everything I can to make money in California to just try to keep my head above water and now have this new opportunity that, you know, I seemed almost like I was set up for. Mm -hmm. Set up in a good way and set up in a bad way. The bad mm -hmm. way came first because it's like when I started, uh, everybody was like, you know, oh, everybody was like, uh, we got all this good stuff back here, but we don't know what to do with it. So we're going to take you in there. And when they took me in the room, it was, I'm telling you, full of nonsense. Like just tons and tons of nonsense. Not nonsense of, you know, what the items were. But just the not way it was arranged, of, not it was, chronological oh. or anything. It reminds me of the uh, when they, when when Bradenwash was trying to make a movie, you know, and he all he did was he had all these tapes from all yeah, those yeah. months and yep. following guys, and he just threw them in boxes. And yeah. when Banksy first saw him, he was like, he just put them all together and yep. as one film, and it was like ninety minutes of just yeah, incessant, just, just different. Yeah, just. Flicking and like flicking. No and editing, really. Just no type back of direction and everything. And that's exactly what they had. And <laughs> oh the funny God. thing about it, parallel to this crazy room, they had this million dollar museum mm. right on the same floor. Okay. You know, with this exhibition that, you know, tried to tell about farmers' history, but it was cluttered. It was like, hey, you know, let's grab all of the best stuff that we could find, give it some type of meaning, and put it in this room. Because I guess. 
maybe five or eight years before I had got the chance to do the internship, it was the opening of that space. So they wanted to have it, you know, nice and for all of their regional folks to come in and walk around. So like for that for that time, you know, with all seeing all the photos and everything from that day, it I guess it worked for them. Yeah. You know, but after a while it was like, you know, we have all of this here and this beautiful thing here. How are we not marrying the two? You know what I mean? Like we're we're not getting anything out of it. So when I looked at it, I was like, man, this is an opportunity not only for me to learn about collection management and how to actually preserve items, how to actually deal with preserving old newspapers, preserving photos, how to do things like that. This is also potential job security because nobody oh, wants to do this. Yeah, and being lots that, of it. Yeah, and being that, you know, being a gallery director is hard and going to school, you know, is not making me a profit. A steady paycheck was feeling great. You know, and at the rate they was paying, it was like, yo, like, this actually helps my gallery situation because my partner, I tell you, during that time, I, I wasn't the always, always the most consistent with the rent. You know what I mean? Like, I had to hustle for every bit of it. And thank God for Eris. Shout out to Eris because he helped us really, really keep afloat with the gallery. I mean, there's times where I felt like I couldn't make it. He was like, yo, bro, don't worry about it. We got it. We're a team. And there's times where he might be going through something. I'm like, yo, bro, don't worry about it. I got it. It's a team. We did a team thing. We were able to do things as a team. And that's what I really loved about that. So, yeah, you know what? A lot of people have a misconception that when you have um, a, uh, a gallery that you're out there making money. You know, a lot of people don't, don't realize that basically when you have a gallery, it's an expense. Mm -hmm. You're basically a patron of the arts. And, and you're really helping to support the arts. So talk a little bit about what it's like to have a gallery. Man, about having a gallery. The craziest thing about the gallery that people forget is that the lights have to stay on. Yeah, people don't understand like, that. People are... I sound like a guitar riff. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just fixing the mics no, right no now. Worries, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no just, worries. Yeah, no worries. We'll, yeah. we'll start over. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, like uh, running a gallery is tough. You know, most people forget about, you know, the main thing is about keeping the doors open and the lights on. You know, there's, you know, maybe one or two weekends. Well, and, and the other thing is you, you don't want to have it open when, you know, you're not having any business. So the hard part is figuring out, okay, well, what days and what hours do I have it open, right? And let me tell you, it took us about eight months to figure that out. Mm. Well, you got to keep the lights on and you got to make some money to for food and stuff like that. Yeah, too, you I, know mean, what I mean, people don't understand, like, it's just rent. When you're when you're trying to do things right, yeah, it costs more money than you totally expect. Like exactly. it's like my my main thing. The reason why you know, and this this is a cool story. Like we actually started the gallery, you know, off of like a random occurrence. Like we went to Art Basel in 2014, and Erez was working with another friend of ours, Kiki Somerville, who runs a fearless artist in NYC. She was working with Ares on doing a pop-up down in Basel. And Ares was like, yo, like, yo, you wanna, you wanna do this with me? You know, it's only about 500 bucks, you know, you can come in. And I was like, word, I got a few artists that would love to be involved. I've never been to Basel before. They never been to Basel before. You know, I'm, I didn't know that Basel encompassed all it encompassed, you know, <laughs> but I, I thought it was just Wynwood, you know? So I was like, all right, cool, let's go to Basel and let's do it. Went down there, mind was blown. You know, everything that I seen, it was like an, another level of everything, like another level of art, another level of business. But concurrent to that, I was able to sell 20 pieces. Wow. We sold 20 pieces. 20 pieces. Okay, no. okay. How many pieces did you take with you? 
we took we took about maybe I would say about thirty five. And this is this is art. This is artwork and dude. Print. That's hella successful. Like this is prints and artwork. You know what I mean? So right, right. We were we sold about like maybe six originals. You know, and the rest were like prints. But to me, it was it was amazing because for one, I had never been there. And the artists that we did take down were able to sell. They were able to see different things. And a few artists that I just bought with their prints, I was able to make some money for them before it even, you know, happened. Yeah. Like my a good friend of mine, Lucas Reynard, like he, I took oh, some of yeah, his I pieces. Love Lucas, Lucas is the man. Yeah. Like it's amazing work, he'll, uh, Woodwind. Yeah, he's the man. He, he'll tell you, like, I, I, I went and got two pieces from him to take down there. They were sold before I even left. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> I was like, yo, like this is this is dope. So we're we're leaving Basel, um, feeling great. Mind you, a precursor to that, I had put my two weeks in because I was working for the Department of Defense. I'm I'm also an iOS developer and a web developer, and I nice. do all that good stuff. Yeah, that's what my actual. Badir is one of the most knowledgeable people you'll ever. That's what I do. That's what my actual degree is. You're a coder. I'm a coder. Nice. That's that's what I do. That's what my actual degree is. Okay. Like you know, okay. e-commerce, graphic design, sure, and coding. Sure, sure. Um, so before Basel, that Basel, I had actually put my two weeks in, you know, at the Department of Defense, mm-hmm. you know, with a great group of like, team, teammates, uh, co-workers, one of the first jobs that I actually really, really liked. Mm-hmm. So I felt a little, you know, torn to do it. But one of the coolest things was my commander, uh, Captain Johnson, he was like, yo, man, like, I see you doing what you're doing, you know, like, don't feel bad about leaving us. Like, go do your thing. Yeah. You know, so that gave Supportive. me the yeah, the support. And he still supports me to this day. He was like, yo, man, like, go do your thing. So I was like, all right, yeah, I'm putting in my two weeks and I'm going to go to Basel and just literally roll the dice. Yeah. You know, so after I did that, I was feeling good, you mm-hmm. know, and I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to go to London. But then Eris called me one day and was like, yo, bro, like I seen this little space, you know, on Adams Boulevard. Like, you want to start a gallery? And I was like, yeah, why not? You know, what he should have said it was, you want to lose some money? Yeah, like that's what that's exactly what he should have said. Because I think I had I had a, a good amount of money saved up, and immediately once I said yes to that, money just started literally leaving my account. Yeah, I mean, literally an hour after I said yes to that, I think I had to give up like twenty eight hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Like, and it was like, okay, you know, that was going to be my ticket to London. That was going to be this and all this stuff. So I started seeing my summer or, you know, end of career, end of career, you know, going into this entrepreneurial spirit dreams just start to literally I'm giving them away. Well, you're a fellow entrepreneur. So like I said, at the beginning, you had that fire, though, right? So yeah, it, it, so everything was like... everything was about to be awesome, you know, yeah. in my mind. I feel I had no yeah. idea what I was getting into, uh, like yeah. literally yeah. no idea. And I'll tell you, everybody, when you start a gallery, if you haven't worked at one before, you have no idea. Mind <laughs> you, I've never, I've always been into art. I'm from Philly. I grew up with art, graffiti, mural arts. You see all that around the walls, but I had never, never dealt in gallery business. Sure. Never. I'm talking ever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've helped other gallerists with the art side, yeah. but the business, forget about it. Yeah. I know nothing about it. I yeah. knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I started to catch on to that part of it in like the first six months mm. to where it was like a deal I made. It was like, yeah, I'm, I'm helping out. I sold a piece, but I don't think we made much money off of that. You know, like the yeah. deal I made was kind of dumb. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work out for us. You know what I mean? So well, you got your channel though, right? Yeah. Like it was, it was one of those things. And, and, and 
I started to kind of like, you know, understand that, you know, I'm a rookie at this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And luckily I had, you know, a good friend of mine, rest in peace, Norm Maxwell, who was like the most seasoned, amazing artist that you can have to start out anything with. Sure. And he was from Philly. Mm. And he was my friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, so and yeah. he showed in museums. He showed, like so it's like you do not get a better situation sure. than having Norm. You yeah, know what I mean? Room. So he literally coached me through like my first three to four months of even having the gallery. Yo, mm-hmm. when to open, when to, when to have, you know, how to do prints, when to let people in, what to say to people. I had no, we had, me and Eris had no idea. Oh my God. No idea. Like, Norm yeah. was guiding us. Yeah. You know, like, he was guiding us, like, telling us, yo, bro, you should do this and that. And I started to pick up because I started to, you know, read, I was, you know, watching different things. And then we had Norm's first show. And everything that went into that, or like it was like that make or break moment for me or Eris. It was like, yo, you're either going to do this or you're not going to do it. Yeah. And we stayed up like, I think it was like the night before, or two nights before me and him just going over stuff, making sure walls were painted, which is the most difficult thing in the world where the white walls will not stay clean, <laughs> where everything, like it's, it's, just, it's certain things just being a gallerist that you, they don't talk about. The glamorous life is not a gallerist. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. It's not well, that, you know, so. Yeah, no, 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 I'm just saying, like, we've only throw, um, thrown a few, like, just pop-up shows, mm-hmm. and it's it's so much work. Oh, like, man. You don't understand, like, when LA Shredder Gallery in 2013, we threw, like, a just, like, a, a coming out party, kind mm-hmm. of, like, with a, uh, the Do Art Foundation, which is the yeah. Do Lab, basically, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like. Like I said, who would have known the ca- if you want to do things proper? Of course, if you just want to do something. Yeah, if you want to do it, you can always do it. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> but like, I wanted to like my the whole reason and doing all of that and agreeing to doing all of that because me being a journalist and a you know a, a street documenter mm. and things like that, I was going into studios of people like Teach, like Lucas, like you know uh, 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 Flory the producer BDB and, you know, mm. all the homies that I, you know, came in this game with yeah. that weren't getting shows. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. they had dope work. I mean, they were killing the streets. Yeah. But you couldn't find them in nobody's gallery. Yep. Why? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. It was like, why? Well, <laughs> they're not like, painting uh, tits, flowers, or guns, man. Well, yeah. Not, <laughs> not, not necessarily. Yeah, not. That, that, that time, that's what was hitting, though. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, what yeah, was yeah. hitting. Like, and... Even I, w- I used to go like I, I used to think like lab art. Oh, phone. oh, lab art. Oh, oh phone. Let's talk about lab art for a second. No, I remember oh, lab art. Yeah. Yeah, like I like Iskander. He 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 was a homie of mine. Like ask, actually, yes, Iskander. No, no, he's still he's still <laughs> okay, a good okay, friend of mine. No, sure Iskander is still a good friend. He actually he gave me a lot of game too. Like oh, I'll give a, I'll give a shout out to yeah, him yeah, too. Yeah. He gave me a lot of game. You know, okay. I used to I used to love lab art. Yeah. I would literally go there and hang out for hours yeah, they, and just check out all the artwork. Like, that's how I learned about everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, like, I, I would literally just go there and just like, yo, like, this is a playground. Yeah, like, I mean. this is sick. Like, you know what I mean? Is this still open right now? Nah, unfortunately. Okay. Like, I, <laughs> they you know. Came, aren't they, like, a, just curious. Like, I'm just going to ask my questions because mm-hmm. I don't know. No, if, please. You know, yeah. I, the, the, at that time, 2012, 2013, yeah. they were, like, the hottest gallery ever, right on, right on Fairfax? I, or? I, I will say, La Brea. La Brea, sorry. I will say this. And I say this with all respect. Iskander started something that was amazing, but if he only knew what he had, it would have been 
game changing for mm. a lot of industry. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I agree. Literally, if he only knew exactly what he had, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. Like he's a smart dude. So you I know to, what I mean. I went to the show. I went to his place, and like I said, it has amazing pieces there. Oh, man. Like he, they had like real invaders there. Where do you think, do you think had, he went wrong? I honestly think that there's so many things now that I'm looking back and and I don't want to look back with a, a very uh, um, I'm being, uh, you know, critical eye because I you know I, I'm, I'm smarter now than I you know sure. I was but you know just n- only doing solo shows you know at a time you know you had this space to where you could have introduced three and four people mm. to where you could have literally broke artists you could have, i mean he was breaking he was yeah, breaking artists right. but i mean the alec space Monopoly, he had, those guys were like he, he actually did break alec Monopoly. yeah like that's where he skyler, had like his first big show skyler a, a lot of folks like he broke their he helped their careers yeah and just his location was one of those locations where it was like it was it was it was just it was fun area. yeah it was fun though like you walk hit up in, around it too. All yeah, kinds you of could hit up. Around it. it was everything around it. It was <laughs> it was open when it was closed because of they'd be able to hit up around it. You could go and see everybody's new murals and things oh, around yeah. it to where you extended the experience. It was definitely yeah. more like a museum to me than a gallery, man. A oh, lot of times, you know yeah. what I mean. And like, and, and I'll say with with Gallery Thirty Eight, I stole that from Iskander. <laughs> you know, having murals around the gallery and putting them in West Adams. We'll get to that too. Yeah, but I stole that from him. Mm. I seen that. You have to have the artist you, you work with. You may have with. stole that from him, but <laughs> yeah, it came from it somewhere. It came from somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like as far as like marrying those two, like I had never seen a gallery space with just everybody's art freely, you know, on the building. That was just like, yo, like Yeah. yeah it made yeah, it made it me was cool. think it was cool, definitely. Yeah, it like, made me think that the artists were a part of like everybody was a team. You well, know what I mean? Like, which is very like they're bigger than they than they exactly. are than just the artwork they have inside. Exactly, and that you know that was another you know inspiration you know for me. So like with seeing you know the artists that I wanted to give shows, I wanted to give them an opportunity. We opened the space. Norm started to guide me, and I started to really understand how to participate in this art world mm. and actually really do my diligence, my fiduciary duties to an artist. I see. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this is what is required of you as a gallerist, as a curator, if you're going to call yourself that. Mm. Because that title's thrown around so <laughs> frequently these yeah, days. Yeah, no, you're right. You're you know, right. and people yeah. don't know a lot of what it comes with it. Like, I, I had to learn the hard way. And I know I messed up along mm-hmm. the way, which mm-hmm. is what made me better today. Let's talk about Studio 38 for a second. Gallery 38. Sorry. Everybody wants to call it Studio 38. Gallery 38. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why it's <laughs> Studio 38. My bad. Thinking of, you're thinking of Studio 54. Right? I know, right? Everybody yeah, thinks of that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, yeah, exactly. We had, some good, we had some good parties and times there, too. Okay. So, well, you know. hopefully we have some more with yeah, us, man. man. Yeah, man. For sure. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, man, Gallery 38 was, you know, in, in West Adams, you know, I like to look at it as now as a, a project that was leading me into my grad, my grad school. Okay. So, you know, that prepped me and made grad school easy as hell. Mm. That was your graduate <laughs> project, yeah. basically, right? Yeah. Because, like, at learning from Norm, having about maybe five exhibitions under my belt with Gallery 38, you know, taking off and crash landing, you know, and there's times where, you know, you, you might be late on the payment, you might be, you know, 
you mess up the, the, the installation, you know, some, you miss a sale, you start to just realize like, hey man, I, I, I need some help. You know, and I was able to realize that, you know, the best help from another friend of mine who's a uh, Sotheby's alumni, Erica Hiragami, who's a, a good friend, she was like, yo man, I think, you know, the Sotheby's program would be amazing for you because you're right there, you just need a little fine tuning. And that's yeah. exactly what I needed. Because when I got there, it was like my eyes were opened. Mm. Like I knew about art, but this whole other world about how to present art, how to represent art, mm. how to deal in art's business was foreign. I see. I was, I was going to different galleries and fairs and things like that. And I would hear terms and you know hear people talk about certain things, and I had no clue what they were talking about. It's like the manufacturing department <laughs> versus the sales department. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I had no clue what they were talking about. Yeah. I had no clue about like appraisal terms. I had no mm. clue about prints and multiples. Mm. You know mm. things like that. How to you know primary secondary market. You know yeah. like things like that that are really really crucial to running a gallery because the gallery, even though it's fun get to have rock star parties and wine and all that shit mm -hmm. but on Monday your numbers better be correct or that's the last damn exhibition you are going to have like that is serious mm -hmm. and I got to Sotheby's and like I said it opened my eyes and I always give props to one of my teachers uh, Mr. Prague or Dr. Prague but he was like an accounting genius mm. you know he gave me you know this rundown on one of my assignments about supply and demand mm -hmm. and how to actually boil down your success or quote unquote failures into a finite number mm. to where you can actually look at your performance, you know, in a number, you can scale yourself to where, you know, 10 is here, you know, one is there, whatever you want it to be. And your number, the way you do your formula can actually help you tell yourself where you're at in business. Mm. I immediately went back to the gallery after that class and applied that thing and realized I was actually doing better than I thought I was. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? It's just like you I was down just, the numbers for you. Basically. Yeah, like I broke okay. down the numbers and it was like I'm, I'm doing pretty well art wise because I know art. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know I wasn't making the right business moves because mm. I didn't know business. I see. I see. You know what I mean? The so, thing is, like, the thi here, let me ask you one yeah. thing. <clears throat> like, normally, we, uh, any um, company, they have manufacturing and they're creating mm -hmm. XYZ widgets, right? You know, mm -hmm. the term widgets, mm -hmm. right? Definitely. So, so it's kind of like, but the thing about art, I always say, is like, it's not like a manufacturing line where um, they can just constantly crank them out, man. There's, these are unique items, right? But, see, that, you, I think we're getting ahead <laughs> of ourselves because that used to be what the case was. Oh, okay, that's, that's, what, what, I mean? gonna, that's, so that's now, what I was going. So now leading up now to that, yeah. that's that's part of the business side. Yeah, yeah. You know, so when we talk about prints and multiples, mm. we have things like that to where now that unique piece of art, ten people want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you going to do about that? Yeah, yeah I, did, yeah. I didn't know how to handle that before. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I was, you know. Through, through learning about, you know, things at Sotheby's and this and that, I started to understand that, you know, from going to Basel, from going to other galleries, and now with that Sotheby's tag on me, I was meeting other alumni mm. that extended my network mm. to where I could ask questions, to where mm. I could get direct answers, because it's like a frat or a sorority. 
What did she win? Say, man? What did I, what, this is what I always say, man. You know, I always, I always call them ball blockers, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, it's like Jeff Gazelle, man. It's, I, like, I'm a musician, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And in any type of artistic, well, even in business sometimes, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, this is my network. Fuck you, motherfucker. You can't talk to my network. <laughs> but it, but that's I mean? the thing. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't like that because I had knew Sotheby's folks before. You know, I like I was dealing in the art world. Well, they're in your was, they're in your like you said. Yeah, they were fraternity. in my field. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But but even before I went to Sotheby's. Mm. But when I went there and then you get that Sotheby's.edu email. <laughs> Shit changes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that little uh, blue check. You no, know? it's the blue check. It's a calling card. It's the blue check. No, it really, really is. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And, you know... We call that the, the blue check, the uh, West Coast Harvard degree. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> dude, when it comes to the art world, you, you know, and, and legitimacy, mm-hmm. you know, it, it comes down to things like that. It does. It really, yeah. really does. Yeah. And so, like, people will say, you know... You know, what made you go to art school? You know, I tell them the story like, hey, you know, like I felt like I was lacking a little bit in the arts education and the business side that I needed. Mm. And also, you know, I, I, your network is your net worth. You know, I yeah. can't do much for my artists if I can't do much inside of my network. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was key for me. And then also, like, ended up being one of the greatest things I've ever done because I met tons of cool people. Like, mm-hmm. My classmates were cool as shit. I mm-hmm. mean, from all over the world. Like, literally. I have classmates in London, New York, You gotta Hong be pretty Kong, cool to handle India. anything in the art world. Though. Like, like yeah, honestly, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's deep. It's so. a different type of, you know, environment to where people are bringing different type of situations to class every day. Mm. To where you're looking at, you're, you're almost looking at markets. Yeah. To where you start to understand markets. Like, if I'm, if I'm representing Teach, and one of my classmates is, is is in India, and she don't know nothing about him. That's mm-hmm. a fucking problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can easily. Move, I agree. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I can move five seats over and cure that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's that's the benefit of having those type of situations. Yeah. And I was able to do that. You know, like I used to have Sotheby's, like because I was. Luckily, you know, because it's all luck, you know, right now, because I didn't know anything. I was luckily to have be the only classmate to own a gallery at the time. Interesting. You know, all my other classmates, they've worked at galleries, worked at museums, they've worked these... at law firms, they worked at appraisal things. Like they've some of them are lawyers, some of them have been coming from design, some of them have worked one one, one of my classmates would did real estate for castles. Fucking blew my mind. Wow. Yeah, when I lived in London, I'll made... get to that. Yeah, the London she worked she did real estate for castles. And you made them distributors basically. But not only that, like I made them interested <laughs> yeah, no, in, well, yeah, what, of in course. what was going on because sure. now they were in the same field I was. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, well you know, I got a gallery. Yeah, in LA. Holy shit, you got a gallery in LA? <laughs> and that right there is like I like I know what cards I have in my hand. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, no, definitely. Who you know, doesn't you, want to show you in know LA? The value you know of, the value of, of having the that space. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So using that space to make the relationships, you know, to be able to do that, you know, to be able to, you know, provide for an artist, to do an art show, to have an artist or a collector or someone that's visiting LA stop by. Yeah. You know, to have them, you know, when I get a chance to apply for a scope or a, a Art Miami, to have someone see Art Above Reality or Gallery 38 and be like, oh, yeah, that's my dear. I know. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Right, yeah. That's right. Um, just so uh, to make that clear, he said Art Above Reality, and that's, uh, that's his Instagram. Yes, yeah. sir. And that's so. my overall company. Like, well, a lot of people don't know that 
Art Above Reality Incorporated is actually my company. Like I do, you know, like I do my gallery business. Everything is under that umbrella. Sure, Everything I sure. do is under that. You so also like, do a podcast, right? I do a podcast hey, too, and you know I want to get y'all on it soon too. Oh, yeah, 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 but you know what? I What's saw it called? It's called Reality Talks. Reality nice. Talks. Like you know what? I saw that you had a guest that was a common. Uh, guest of our podcast, Risky. There you go, my main shout man. Out to, shout out to Risky. Risky's man. my main man. Like that's how fucking cool is that, dude? Right? That's like that's like really my big bro. It's funny because after he left y'all, me oh, and him drove tell to us Texas. About that. Tell it, yeah, yeah. Was, because oh it's funny because oh, I don't even know the story. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so tell one it. of the craziest stories. So we're driving out to Texas because Risky was he's this is right moving, after he was our moving, interview, dude. Literally right after your interview, he came and picked me up. So we were, he, we're driving out to Texas because Risky was moving out to Dallas area. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So we're like, all right, bet. You know, I'm like, all right, we're going gonna to ride out there. I'm going to stop at Marfa, Texas to see the Elm Green the and Drag Set thing, yeah, the Prada yeah, Shop yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. So we're driving. Everything's cool. Everything's great. You know, we're having a good time, just chilling, talking. We're talking about things, talking about business, life, you know, just two homies on a road trip, Bill and Ted sure. style. You know <laughs> what I mean? And then, you know, we go through New Mexico, and I'm like, man, you know, kind of hungry, like, next place, you know, we're going to stop. So we go and stop, and we arrive in El Paso. So when we get to El Paso, I'll get to, I'm like, yo, let's go to, uh, let's go to Whataburger. Like, <laughs> like, let's go to Whataburger. I want to get them apple pies, because mind you, I lived in Texas, and anybody knows Whataburger got some of the best apple pies in the world. Okay. Yes, so sir. I was like, you know, let's stop and... Let's go get some apple pies. So I pulled over, you know, hit the turnaround, <laughs> went into the went into the parking lot where the uh, Whataburger was down the down a couple of lots over, uh, this gas station and this Walmart. So we're sitting uh, here, yeah, and we're inside yeah. the lot of the Walmart. And Risky is like, "Yo, man, like I, I don't feel like let's just not let's just go let's go somewhere else. I, I just don't feel like I don't feel like sitting here. And mind you, we got the music going and windows up, air going. So we just like, yeah, I'm like." All right, you know, it don't matter. We see another Whataburger. We're in Texas at this point. We see Whataburger. You guys are going to eat in the stop. parking lot, basically. We were, we were in the parking lot. So, yeah. mind you, concurrently, all of that El Paso stuff's happening. The, the mass shooting. The mass shooting. Yeah, those of yeah. you that are just uh, wondering what the hell we're talking about, if you heard El Paso and Walmart in this story, yeah. that's what we're talking about. Yeah, it's happening. So, we, we pull back out into the freeway, and we're going up a little bit further, and next thing you know, we just hear all and see all these cops darting, darting at me. One cop almost hit us, everything like that. So we're like, yo, what the hell is going on? And Risky's, you know, on the phone with his girlfriend, and he's like, yo, you know, can you find out what's going on? And as soon as he said that, I got an iPhone uh, alert. Like, you know how you get, you know, when they say, the you know, child's missing yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. But this one was different. This one was like, yo, it was, you know, beeping, beeping, beeping. It said, active shooter, get shelter. So we like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like, active shooter. So then his his girl's like, yo, like, there's a shooter, like, at a like right right where y'all were. And we like, what? So then we're at the light on the freeway, and then I see this cop, like he he like SWAT gets up, pulls over, gets out, gets out with a shotgun and vest up and all of that, and like screaming at everybody to go, 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 go. So we just looked at each other and just like Literally booked it. I hit, like hit the 10 freeway and just booked it. Like booking it toward oh uh, like Thank Marfa, God Marfa. Okay, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And Dude, this, he was probably sitting in the parking lot when the dude 
Probably, yep. He could have probably walked by him. <clears throat> could have walked by us. No, totally, man. I mean, I'm freaking out just by hearing the story. We were, we were like, it was, it was so unbelievable that it was like, like nobody, like I felt nobody would believe me. So at that point, I just started posting location stuff to my Instagram, <laughs> to where it was like, yo, like it is crazy right now. Like, plus, you know, also one of those things, you know, like I have a, I have a worrying mom and things like sure, that. Sure, so I like sure, to let her sure, know sure. I'm okay. Shout yeah. out to my mom. But you know, <laughs> it's just things like, it's just things like that, you know, to, you know, let people know everything was cool. But like, yo, like that was serious. So like, as we're driving, we're just like, yo, bro, like, thank God, like you had the wherewithal to just say, yo, let's go somewhere else. Because you never know how close you come to something like that. Yeah, man. Risky's got like some serious Jedi Knight senses. Yeah, he man. does, man. Yeah, he hey, does. Man, uh, you know what? I, I literally, uh, what's crazy is, you know what? Risky's like one of those, every single artist that I've met mm -hmm. off on, whenever you meet like regular people, you try to holler at a girl online from Instagram or something like that, it's gonna, she's gonna be whacked, dude. Mm -hmm. you know? But if I met an artist, man, Risky's one of those first artists that I literally, I saw. I was like, "This guy fucking painted Machiavelli." Holy yeah. fuck, dude! I was yeah, like, yeah, man. <laughs> I was like, "This guy only has like a thousand followers right and, now." We need to fucking interview the, him. The crazy know? thing yeah. about it, like, at the time, Risky, Risky gave me the opportunity and the honor to actually do his book. Like, mm. I did his first book. Oh, I have like, it. Like, I, I yeah, the the black one, the, the Death Row book. Nice, like, nice. I, yeah, I was yeah, yeah. I was honored to work on that with him. Nice, wow. like, and he gave nice. me a little shout out in the back. You know, nice, I mean? nice, so, nice. But I know he worked. He tried to work with a few other people. And yeah, he, he tried. It, we we won't just, name any names, actually. It, did, but it, it yeah. didn't work out like it, it didn't should work have. Out. Yeah, but exactly. you know, it it ended up working out the best way possible. That's you know, because awesome, it's man. doing amazing. And throughout that process, and we did that at the gallery. So the gallery thirty eight became a hub to work with artists to do other things too. You know, which is the reason why you know I explained having that space was so integral. And um, we really got to bond. It was over like a three month period where, you know, we had our arguments, we had our, <laughs> you know, we had our laughing moments, we had our moments of just everything, which, you know, ended up making us total friends. Homies, you know what yeah. I mean? Like real friends. Yeah. And, and it's like, I, I wouldn't take a 22 hour trip with nobody if I wasn't a homie. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, oh, that's my homie. For like, sure, that's my sure. guy. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so. Yeah. Being able to share those moments, I got to you know hear stories most people wouldn't know. I got to hear and know about people that I only heard about in rap songs. Yeah, you know, like I got to hear like stories firsthand. Like people like that would that was real high level people would come to meet Risky at the gallery, you know, and come up and I was like, Yo, you're the dude that. Oh, like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yo, yeah, I remember yeah. hearing Snoop Dogg mention you. Yeah. I remember this and that. And, like, he introduced me also to Joe Cool. Shout out to Joe Cool. He's been on the like, podcast yes. as well. Yeah, Cooley yeah. is my guy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I grew up on them, like, them too. Yeah, we, we took Joe Cool out to eat some lobster, man. Yo, that dude is the funniest <laughs> dude out, man. Yeah. Hey, you know what? If you, funny dude. you know what's funny? You should hear, uh, if you go on our IGTV on our um, Instagram, man, there's yeah. this little clip of Joe Cool calling out Shepard Fairy, dude. It's the funniest shit ever, man. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> Cooley, man. He's he's off the chain and just one of the most genuine brothers. Like, both yeah. both of them are. Just, Can't get more real than yeah, that, Yeah, like, and that's that's all you ask for. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> that realness is they, they let you know where you stand. Yeah. And, yeah, and, you, yeah. Can, and you can only just appreciate that. So exactly. you know, I got a question for you. How yeah. did uh, how did you go end up in in Los Angeles from Philadelphia? It's a crazy way because it wasn't a direct Philly to LA thing. So like I was 
I, I was I graduated from college. I was you know studying you know uh, e-commerce, IT, and all that stuff. I worked for a company called Quadratech uh, in Westchester, Pennsylvania. It's a four by four company, mm -hmm. so I know a shit ton about Jeeps than I should. <laughs> um, like even and it's crazy because go back to Risky. When he was He's talking about his Jeep, Jeep yeah. I was talking like, yo, bro, why you don't got a best top top or Ridge Racer these? And he was like, how the fuck do you know this? And I was like, bro, like I had to build websites for a four by four company and I know about lift kits and all yeah, this yeah, stuff. Like yeah, I, mean, yeah, I had yeah. to do this for a whole year after my college graduation. That's a sweet Jeep too. Yeah, it was, got, it was, man, so that I was, one, I was like, dealing damn. with those in like 2008, mm. you know, and they, when they were just coming out, so like the JKs and the YJs and you know, the TJs, all these different level of Jeeps from year to year, I know too much information about them. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> got his attention. Yeah, got, yeah. so like I, I was, I ended up getting fired from that job because what? I was too, I wanted to do too much than what they was bargaining for. Like I had seen the future of the internet and digital and all that stuff. And I was like, yo, like, we're sitting on our asses here. Let's do something else. And it was like, yo, we can't we ain't having this shit. This dude, oh, you know, this, you this know what? I was if you're an entrepreneur, man. It wasn't the place for me. No, it's, <laughs> it's true. But if you ask most entrepreneurs, man, they've been fired quite a few times. Oh, man. yeah. Like, it's, it's just like, you know. Like, All of us talking about getting fired already on this podcast. Yeah, it, 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 just, it, was, it was like, yo, like, you know, like it just wasn't, it wasn't moving at the speed I the thought shelf, I could yeah. move. You know, and then I had applied for a job in LA before, but I didn't get it. So I was like, all right, it's, you know, just my timing. And then me and my cousin, my cousin T Mac, we used to watch Entourage mm. every Sunday. Yeah. Like literally, religiously. Yeah. And be like, yo, when we moved to LA, we living like Vinny and E. Like <laughs> simple as that. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, everybody yeah. does. Like everybody does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like like everybody. Like well, I'm surprised you a lot of people, a lot of people just you know what? A lot of people are just like, fuck it. I'm yeah, just going there. I'm not even gonna get find a job. I'm just gonna fucking go there and live like Vinny and E until they realize and, Yeah, and maybe God or the universe <laughs> stopped me and made sure that I had something settled before mm. I came to California. So uh like I was able to I had family in San Antonio, you know, so after I had uh, gotten fired, I was, you know, down because, you know, at that point that you think you're never going to get a, another job again. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're just like, man, like, you know, maybe this maybe maybe I just don't have what it takes. You know, like, like every entrepreneur does, you know, they get down on themselves. And I just felt like, you know, I needed a change, you know. So literally I called my stepmom who, you know, rest in peace, was like an angel and always had my back. Um, and I was like, hey, you know, can I come down? Can I just try something new? And she brought me a one-way flight immediately. That's and, awesome, And my man. mom was like, you know, it was tough for my mom to let me go because that's my homie. My mom is like my dog. And, um, <laughs> and then, you know, it was tough for her to let me go, but she knew that, you know, it was, it was what's best. So yeah. when I got down there, I just got into, like, super hustle mode. And I really started, like, just grinding. I started working for the DOD, which I got, like, off of luck. I actually found that job off of Craigslist. What? <laughs> Craigslist. Department of Defense. Department of Defense. It was masked and disguised as something else. And I was just on like yeah, one of those. the government doing creepy shit I'm on telling Craigslist. You. I, was, no, no, hey, it doesn't surprise me. It was me. like one of those, like, you know, like everybody that goes on a monster or a Craigslist and just bulk apply. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was doing that. I was sending my resume to like 100 places a day. And somebody called me, this guy named uh, Gary Kumpion. Shout out to Gary. And um, he was like, uh, yo, like, we'll bring you in. We like what you got. And him and him and Larry, Larry Rodriguez, they was like, yo, like, we really like you, dude. Like, and I was honest. I was like, yo, 
I, may, I, I, I don't know everything about this, but it ain't going to stop me from trying. You know what I mean? I'm getting here and I'm going to go in and I'm going to go hard on it. And they was like, yo, like, we liked what you said about that because none of us know what this shit is about. But, you know, <laughs> the fact that you had that attitude, you know, we feel cool with working with you. Yeah. So it was like. Attitude does, does yeah, a lot. Attitude, I be telling a lot of people, attitude does wonders. So you're at the DOD, Department so of Defense, So I'm at the DOD basically. in San Antonio, yeah. going on base, Lackland Air Force Base, you yeah. know, like, feeling like a million bucks, not making a million bucks at that time, nothing mm-hmm. like that. But it was just like, yo, like, I actually... I'm actually really relocated now, you know? So like I went and then after a couple of months, no, it was like a month of me working, you know, I called my cousin T-Mac. I was like, yo, like, come down, like, come down, bro. Like next week he was down there. Mm. So he came out, he got a job. And then we just started hustling, still going for those entourage dreams. Yeah, yeah, and mind yeah. you, this time he played, uh, he played professional ball. So he mm. was just back and forth. Like he was going through a contract for me to like Denmark or Luxembourg or something. Professional like that. ball. Yeah, baseball, basketball, basketball. Sorry, basketball. Yep, yep. So he was going from uh, he played at Rhode Island. That's right. I'm sorry, Philly. What Philly. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> and um, he was playing at Rhode Island. Got you know in between contracts between Denmark and Luxembourg. And I was like, Yo, bro, like just come down. You know, you can work out. You know, the Spurs was down there. You know, he had a good you know um, connection with a few folks down there. And um, just work out and just have something different from Philly. You know, Texas. It was really nothing to do for the most part. Yeah. So you can kind of refine yourself Mm. and learn yourself and learn things about yourself you know so I was able to start a brand new career you know with the DOD you know understanding and living that military lifestyle sure and you know some discipline which yeah it it gave me you know discipline (laughs) and they're done that my whole life yeah like it's it's one of it's rewarding you know because you see the 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 hierarchy the you know the chain of command yeah. how important that is mm. in doing business and, you know, how uh, authority, you know, can really, really build you up or completely shut you down. Mm. Um, attitude. Attitude, you know, attitude. And that attitude of working with my superiors, I was one of those dudes that probably my coworkers hated because anytime, you know, my superior needed something, he would want for nothing. I was always there with it because, <laughs> like, I, I know what's needed for promotion. Yeah. So I would make sure that he needed what I needed sure. to get promoted. Sure. You got to so, take off. Every yeah. single has to be a 10, yeah. 10, 10, like 10. He, I, I dad, made sure. My dad used to tell me about that. Yeah. So like, how did you get from the military to the, the art world back again, man? So from San Antonio, like I had, uh, I was, I got promoted three times. So mm. I started making some like real money. Mm. And um, I had an opportunity from. I can't have that now. Yeah. <laughs> get me out of here. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was dope. I started to understand about purchasing power. Mm. Because I understand, I understood like how I was making like ninety thousand at that time in, in San Antonio, versus you know somebody's ninety thousand in Philadelphia, and I was like, man, like it goes a I lot got, further. Yeah, I got way more money at the end of a check. So it was like <laughs> you started to understand that. So I was presented with a, 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 a opportunity, two of them actually. Uh, my boss, he had got a new job and he was going to Germany. I forgot which part of Germany to run a hospital. And he was like, you know, I'll bring you on. You can run the, you can be the webmaster of the whole hospital. I'll pay you what you want. Um, and uh, you can do that. Oh, it was three opportunities, actually. And then I got a, a, a thing to go to Qatar, Kandahar, uh, or Kandahar, Afghanistan. Uh, they were going to pay me a quarter million for every six months. Mm. And it was hazard pay. But I was going to be on base at Kandahar. Um, 
That's not gonna protect it was you one at thing, all. It was like <laughs> no, they go right through. It was it was just I, like you know one of those things like ah. Uh, I know somebody that works on base and every fucking two hours there. It was it was office. always something. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Wait, wait, so did you end up working there? Oh hell uh, no. Oh, okay. No. They, <laughs> so the, the third the third opportunity was uh, Coronado, mm, okay. Coronado, California, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, one of my coworkers, uh, Mike, he was like. He had lived in San Diego before, mm. and I had talked with him. He was like, you got a job opportunity in San Diego? He was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> go, go, yeah. go. Like, what are you still doing here? Yeah. Like, go. So, like, I took a lunch break and did the interview. You know, I called him. <laughs> they did a Skype interview, and he was like, yeah, you know, wow. we can fly you out here this weekend just so you can get the feel of everything. I was like, fly me out here? Hell yeah. Like, let's yeah. do it. So, I flew out here. You know, my co- I had a cousin that lived in San Diego. I hadn't seen him in a while, so... Picked me up from the airport. He was out and about. And like within like a day, I literally just told like my brothers, like, just pack up my van and my crib. Like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> like, it's it's not happening. Like I had to come back, you know, for like two days to close out like my apartment and things like that. And the good thing about it, they didn't hold my lease against me because I was in the military. So I used like I had them to say I was going on TDY. So they, they couldn't hold me onto my lease. And being in a military town, they couldn't do nothing about it. Yeah. So they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I was able to get out of that. And like within like two or three days, like I was there a week. I, no, I was there uh, two, two days. That, that weekend before I was in San Diego, I went back to San Antonio for like two or three days. And I flew back to San, San Diego that Saturday. <laughs> and was ready to start working on Tuesday. Mm. Like that's how that's wow. how excited I was. I was like, I'm getting the fuck. Remember, Entourage was still in my. I was getting <laughs> yeah. closer. I was getting <laughs> steps closer every like, time. Coronado's pretty damn close. Every to Hollywood. time, yeah, like yeah. it was. And then you know, once I got and seen where I was going to be working, I don't know if you have ever been to Coronado, but San Diego. That's like, San Diego. So I mean, any any place in San Diego is pretty much amazing. Coronado Coronado Island is like, like literally heaven. Yeah. Like I literally it's worked base, on like, the right beach, yeah. on oh, wow. the beach, you know. So it was like, it's no way I'm going back to doing mm-hmm. that. It's no <laughs> yeah. way, you know. So I was in, in doing that. Like I was, you know, working. I was making good money, having free time, and I had cousins that lived in L.A. So I would always come up to L.A. Yeah. And then when I came up to L.A., I was always seeing like you know all the street art. All the graph. And yeah. I'm from Philly, so I was always attracted to the graph and sure. the street art. So I would see that, but I'd never seen street art like, like LA, LA street yeah. art. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had never seen like the characters, Mecca, the puns. Yeah. It was like it was like the, the newspaper comic strip was invading art. Yeah. Because everybody had something that was unique back then before art really got saturated. Yeah. Like I like to think I'm like I'm part of the OG like Fame yard, street art, you know, like <laughs> no, there's a crews of people that yeah. was filming yeah, and taking photos. The cont- right. Yeah, like the, when it really, really was, people were just like before they started spray painting, they were putting up stickers, yeah. you know, and things like that. Like the thing is, like, honestly, that, if you honestly, it's like there's a group of people. If you ask, if you just try to come in and say, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been around since this long, mm-hmm. people just ask around and uh, <laughs> they'll find out real quickly. Really though. quick. We, we always yeah. say, you know, I mean, it's like because it's a very small network, and you're right. The, yeah. I always feel like those people, um, like I said, the people who were filming artists back in like I don't know, 11, 10, 12, you know what I mean? Like those those time periods, man. It's like. It's, yeah. LA was exploding in terms of like it's like it needed to be documented. And I'm yeah. fortunate you know? enough to have a whole lot of that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, because definitely. like I said, I was blessed to have people 
that, that wanted me around, mm. that allowed me to pull out my camera or my cell phone and things yeah. like that. So they, in a sense, helped me to understand what this art world was about. Because like I said, one of the first places that when I would come to LA was the streets and then lab art. Yeah. You know, it was there. Like, I didn't know all the galleries and stuff or the openings you see me at now. I didn't even know they existed. It was like a good location, lab art. Yeah, it was, I would pass by it. And then, like, that was, like, getting press. Lab art was getting press. Like, Mm -hmm. and you were seeing stuff to where it wasn't, like, you know, a Picasso. Because, like, growing in, you in Philly, like, if it wasn't graph, I thought you had to, you know, be passed or, you know, whatever to be sure. in a museum. Like, I didn't know that exactly contemporary art was a thing. Yeah. I thought, like, yep. when I used to go to the, because we went to the museums heavy as a kid. My mom used to always let me go. The sure. school trips to go to the museum, the zoo, things like that, where they can pretty much control kids. You know, straight up yeah, places yeah. where <laughs> you can control kids. You know, so, like, I was, I was introduced to that museum etiquette early. Hmm. But I used to always think, like, you know, maybe one day my cousin or somebody may be in there because they draw good. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? I never knew that there was an actual art business side again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I was, I was, uh, uh, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. But, um, like, I was seeing all the stuff in the museum and, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Just talking about coming to L.A. from Coronado. Yes, I'm sorry, yeah, Yeah, so Coronado Lab Art. Mm -hmm. So seeing Lab Art, uh, being able to get back and seeing all of that art in that fashion that the streets were actually being presented in a way like that like that was dope to me like going in there like I said it was a playground yeah. like you could actually go in there and see it and Iskander was cool you know first couple of times a little standoff because I was a random dude coming in <laughs> and then I just talked to him one time and we actually talked for like an hour mm. and he realized like yo this dude actually kind of like knows what the fuck knows he's talking, he was about. talking about you yeah. know and every time I would just was in LA I would just, you know, just come up and just talk to him. Yeah. And then I started just coming to the shows to where I was driving up. Literally, I would get off of work and I would drive to L.A. Mm-hmm. And I would stay up, you know, up here to probably like one o'clock in the morning and drive back, Ugh. risking my life yeah. down yeah. The, down I-5 to go to work at six in the morning. Jeez. So most of the times y'all would see me at openings. Yeah. I was for the first year I was living in San Diego. Jesus. And I was coming up here after work just to go to the openings, just to be around and just to take photos and just to do that. Like I was driving San Diego literally two o'clock in the morning. Did you have any, just curious, did you have any like, did you, were you a blogger at that time or just filming basically? Or what were you, what, what, what were you selling yourself on the artist when you would be around? Them? I wasn't. You weren't. Interesting. Like, okay. I wasn't. Like I was just a dude that liked art and I posted shit. Yeah, interest. That's 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 what's so cool, man. You know, you know, you know what I mean. I mean? Yeah. Like it was that open right. at that time. I didn't want you know, nothing. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know to want anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I, that's what that's where I think I'm in a special position mm. because like all of the relationships I have is before I even knew how to deal in this art world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all that shit's genuine. Yeah. So yeah, if I yeah. ask somebody like, "Hey, bro, let's do a show this and that," they know. Like, bro, I knew you before. Like, like a lot yeah. of these artists help quote unquote raise me in this yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Like you're right. You're you know right, what I yeah. mean? Like it's it's all genuine. Sure. Like sure. Like I, I didn't like with like most people, like I sit and I learn. Just like I told Teach last time I was here, like he taught me about real estate. He didn't even <laughs> know he was teaching me about it, but I sat here and I listened. And I started to apply stuff and I was like, damn, like that yeah, actually man. makes sense. Flipping houses, yeah. man. And telling you real estate, man, it doesn't disappear into thin air like stocks and bonds and stuff like that. And and again it has a lot to do with Gallery 38 mm. because having that space and with me and Eris being forward thinking, 
West Adams is now a freaking gold mine. Yep. Yeah. You know, of a place that wasn't, you know, I'm not to say that, I'm never calling anybody's home nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was tags around. It wasn't you know, the beautiful artistic oasis and buildings and everything no. that it was now. We wanted to create something to where everybody in the community could just come and be a part of it. Mm. Artists could slip stuff through the mail slot if they wanted. Mm. They can come through. They can come and be a part of it. I mean, we've had people. It was so cool. We've had people on the block who I'm still friends with to this day. You know, come out for a night out. Come and have wine. Enjoy art. Buy pieces. They never thought about art a day in their life. Yeah. Poppy across the street, rest in peace from us. He would help us with, uh, with everything. Yeah. I'm talking about from lending us the truck to going <laughs> picking up art pieces to loaning us 20 bucks for gas to, you know, him and his people, they would help come clean our windows to make sure the, the gallery was window was shining. He gave us his wall to do murals, to expand everything. Like, Poppy, he was the man. I'm kind of getting choked up talking about him, but, like, he was the man. Like, and it's <laughs> crazy. Like a good guy, man. And it's crazy. Like, everybody around, you know, this situation, it's like they've, they've all given me something, and they're all no longer here with me anymore. Mm. Interesting. You know, so mm. it's like I'm I'm leading into doing a show because just a couple of weeks ago, another mentor of mine, Vita Brown, who let me do my first museum show at California African American Arts African American Arts Museum, she passed away from cancer, <sighs> and she's the one that introduced me to a lot of like the mid career and established museum artists mm. that opened me up, opened my eyes to a whole new level of institutional art critique yeah, yeah, and yeah, art curation, yeah, 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 yeah. you know what I mean? And allowed me to help co-curate a show to where I helped curate the show for Overton Lloyd, who did all the artwork for P-Funk and George Clinton and all that. So I was late night in my gallery, you know, interviewing Overton and George Clinton, like wow, P-Funk. Amazing, man. <laughs> Parliament? Parliament. Dude, like, man, amazing, I would tell my man. mom and them, yeah. and they were like, oh my God, like, like, George Clinton was, you know, yeah, like man. the man. George Clinton, Eddie Hazel. Yeah, like, like they were them. They, like, exactly, man. People, you know, man. So, Shit. like, what I mean about like having that, like the real estate, being able to have that location, you know, it was central to everybody. Mm. You know, everybody would come. Yeah. Everybody would come to the shows. Everybody was welcome. Everybody knew they were invited. Everybody could come in and get a portfolio review if they wanted. Everybody mm. can come in and submit work. Everybody could come in like, yo, it was just like. There's some street artists that have never heard of portfolio review, man. So you're yeah, you're yo, some knowledge right now. Yo, man. So you'd be yep, surprised. Absolutely. Like a lot of, pe a lot of people would be like, yo, like I never knew that. And they would say, thank you. And I'd be like, yo, I didn't know I was doing anything. You know <laughs> what saying, I mean? Just knowing that term, man, like you can basically, it's like you can go to a gallery and say, hey, Instead of saying, hey, check out my work, can I be in your gallery? Mm -hmm. You can say, use the right terms, man, and say, hey, I'd like to have a portfolio review with your gallery. Yeah. And then, bam, right attitude, right? Now, Going back to <laughs> But I will say, like, you know, putting up those type of quote unquote restrictions to street artists don't go well the first couple of times because yeah. they're like, yo, bro, like, <laughs> why are you trying to be like all those other galleries? I thought you were different. It's like, yo, it's not about being different, it's about doing it the right way. That's right. Yeah. If you That's want right. me to present your work man. the right way, this is how we gotta do it, fam. Like, we 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 can't just be we can't just right. be bullshitting around. If we want to throw something on walls, we can just do it anywhere. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, this is my money. Yeah, and also another thing too is like, you know what? There's so many artists that are very very talented, but if you're hard to work with, man, Ugh. no one can sell. No one wants to sell your shit. Yeah. No one wants to be your team behind you. 
because you're fucking difficult to work mm-hmm. with. <laughs> you know, yeah. if, if you have to walk yeah. on eggshells around artists all the time, it's like, dude, man, like nobody's gonna. Your talent is only gonna take you so far until people are just gonna be fed up with you, man. Yeah, a, a, a lot of times. And and that's where a lot of you know my curation in the space came from. It was like, yo, like. I would see an artist at, you know, a show that either I had or a show that I was at with somebody else's and be like, yo, bro, like, I want to do something with you. Like, whatever it is, yeah. whatever you got, let's do something. Like, you know, the first show I did with uh, with Madman, like, it's a homie. It was like, yo, like, I met him at some, some gallery. I can't remember what gallery we Mad were Madman Art, shout out. Yeah. And I was just was like, yo, like, bro, when are we going to do something? Just like that. <laughs> and he was like, I didn't know that. I could even do something. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, bro, like, you know, let's, yeah, let's do it. that show he had at your gallery. Yeah, was awesome. like, it was... a big old character on the side Yeah, like, he killed that show. Like, he yeah. was one of the artists that helped set the gallery off. Like, yeah. shout out to Madman. Like, he's yeah. one of the artists that... John. Help. Yeah, John, Mal, they, they helped set the gallery off. They were there with us, you know, painting, you know, we were throwing ideas back and forth. I would go to John's crib when he was working on stuff. He would ask me different stuff about prints and multiples and business because I was starting to learn at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So I was starting to you know, add little tidbits. So it wasn't like, hey, I'm curating this because I know it all and I'm going to put it up. He was like, no, like we working together on this. And that's why it turned out dope. We got yeah. a mural. We sold you know, art pieces. We sold merchandise. It was, it was like, yo, like that was, I think his show was like the first overall successful show that we had. I mean, we sold pieces in other shows, but I'm talking about, like, overall successful. Like, it was, like, I'm talking about from the vinyl on the wall was done correctly. The pieces yeah. were <laughs> hung and leveled. Like, they were all labeled with the correct spelling, yeah, spell check. Uh, we had a little installation. You know, he did, like, it was, it was like, yo, like. It was a full package. It was basically. the full package. And, like, I actually really it. felt proud. We yeah. had the, we had the, you know. Vinyl on the on the window, so when you came in, you seen it. Like I felt legit. Like that was the first time yeah. in that space we felt legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I felt like really, really cool. Like damn, I actually own a gallery now. Yeah, Like yeah, people yeah. are actually taking me serious. Definitely. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like even when I had Norm or we showed you know, uh, Louis Canizario and Jackie Dutch and all them, like I didn't feel like I still felt like it was a project space. Mm. I still felt like they weren't taking us seriously as a space. But when I did that show. I really felt like, and I don't even know if the public even started to feel like that, but I felt like I had a space at that moment. Mm. And oh, it yeah, was I, like, I definitely agree with you. That doing yeah, that, man. That, that show was really um, top of the line. Thank and you. And everything that could have been done was done right. Thank you, um, man. Like it, yeah. it was, it was hard work, and we actually seen it. And it was from there. It was like, yo, like I can't do nothing lower than this. <laughs> like I, I can't do anything lower than that. And from there, I started thinking about like, all right, like how can I take the people I work with to new heights? You know what I mean? Like, so it just was, you know, literally going from there. Like, how can I take people to new heights and just, you know. Well, shit, man. You know what? It sounds like a lot of the stuff that you're doing, man, is just in line with L.A. Street Art Gallery, man. And that's what I was telling you, dude. That's why I wanted yeah, you to no, meet Badir. I think there's some projects we need to work on with yeah, him. Man. Yeah, man. And, and you know, always sit down, down. And, and talk when it's yeah. not a podcast. And, and, always And the down. main thing is, you know what? So pretty much for us, it's like, I've never met you before, man. Yeah, but the man. point is, like, you know what? It's like you never met me, but it's like, hey, we just ask around. And, yeah. Oh, it's like, yeah, that guy's legit. Thank you, you, man. you understand what I'm Thank saying? You. And that, we're part of this, like, I like to call it, like, like I said, the original, the LA, you know, explosion, yeah. basically. Yeah, man. You, you know Big what I mean? Bang. Exactly. And <laughs> it's straight just up. Like, like I said, you can't fake 
that you're part of that generation because people know, you, you know what I mean? So for us, man, we would love to do something with you. Oh, we'd love to have yeah. you back. You're such a great uh, oh, guest, man. man. Dude, he's, like you know I said, I mean? he's so knowledgeable. He's, yeah, he could probably add like a, a whole nother um, no, program I mean, You got to come back this. as like a regular guest, man. Because Whenever y'all want like, it, man. Yeah, like, man. It'll be cool to just do some projects. And you know what? Like, uh, we should throw a party at your gallery space, man. We're looking for. Well, I, I, yeah. cl- I closed the space because I had went to oh, London, but I was like, sure. I'm, I got a new project I was talking to teach about. Like, Hell I, it's, yeah, man. It's, it's coming into fruition a little bit, and I'm hoping like within the next year that starts to really take shape because you guys would really. Man, just Enjoy. let us know, and then yeah. like uh, that's that's what I was I was telling him about. And dude, trust me, we're we're gonna be all over this. Yeah, show. like I think you guys would really enjoy that, and it could be something to where like Painted Town could be there permanently. Hey man, you know I, I would mean? love like, that man. To yeah. where like I like I'm all about collaboration. Like yeah. that's how I've been able to you know if you want to call it an ascension or whatever in this game. Sure. Like it's yeah. been through other people. You know, like yeah. no man is an island. Like I I've, love that. Man. Like I've, I, I couldn't run a gallery without the artist. I couldn't sometimes make rent without my partner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, straight yeah. up. Yeah. So like collaboration is where it's at. Like, yeah, don't man. be afraid to admit, you know, when you need help. Straight yeah, up. Man. And that, like I that said, that is I, like the biggest thing right there. Don't be afraid to, you know, admit when you need help. Straight Absolutely. up. I love this little network that we're building, too, of just like, you know, like I said, just Hell people yeah, do each other's podcast. Fam. Can you tell us a little bit about. Um, your uh, Instagram and also your podcast. Too. Yeah, man. Like my Instagram, pretty much what I do. Like I've for like this week, for example, I went to forty art shows. My goals this week is to go to every single art show that's going wow. on in the month of September. Wow. I went to forty so far. Like, so you can look all on my Instagram and through my. Did you stories. go to True's uh, Art True Love Art Show. We, we ended up going there. Uh, where, just, which, which was the address? Was, so uh, only, I really only know addresses at this point. <laughs> like, seriously. Shit. <laughs> like, and if I don't know it, text it to me. Because, no, like, no, I'm, don't worry, don't I'm worry, going to different funny, places no, But today. anyways, yeah, tell us, what's the handle for your Instagram, man? Cause yeah, I want... I'm at Art Above Reality. Um, mm. What you'll find on, on my Instagram is literally studio visits, um, gallery visits, uh, portraits and photos of artists. You know, I edit different videos when I do the studio. On my stories is where I get down and dirty. Um, yeah. I talk about all like the art market, art finance type of shit. And, nice. Like I, I like to call out like the BS of the art market, but not to like, not to keep like real, you know, make make anybody feel any type of way, but just so people can learn. Yeah. Knowledge. You know what I mean? Knowledge. Yeah. Like Put it's it the knowledge. There, yeah. We don't want like, to share knowledge, man. We yeah. share a lot of knowledge on these podcasts. Yeah. Man. And people you know. ask questions. You know, yeah. and I'm I'm like I literally have made so many friends from the DM. You know, just yeah. off of like, yo, bro, like I got this situation and I always tell them like, yo, like I'm not telling you to do this, but if I was you, I would do this, 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 and this, and this. And they're like, yo, I did that and that worked, bro. Can I hire you for this and that? Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah. it's helped me business wise of just sharing the information. Sometimes just sharing and shit, just like people will, they, they appreciate you more. Yeah. yeah it, it always comes, comes back, back around. around. Like, yeah, yeah. you have a website? Yeah, artabovereality.com. Everything with me is Art Above Reality. There you go. You can yeah. find me with Art Above Reality, anything. Can you like, find the podcast there? Art Above Reality. Literally, you, you just type it in iTunes, Art Above Reality, or Reality Talks. And on Reality Talks, I did the same thing. Like, I literally talk with artists about everything. Yeah, you I mean, know. We, we, we would love to come on sometime. And, sure. You know I mean? It'll Definitely. talk about it, too. Yeah. Yo, straight up. We, we'd like, love to share this episode on your podcast, Please too, do. I would love to. I would love to. Like, that's love. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to. Like, it's whatever gets people excited about doing their craft and gets them doing this shit another day because it's hard. I love Every it, day man. waking up doing this shit, it's hard. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to dear, we are very thankful for guys like man. you. Thank you so Thank much you for, for having being me. on the podcast. Thank today, you for having bro. me, y'all. And Man, anytime you need me, I'm available. Shout out to y'all. Thank you. <laughs>
Take care, guys. Love you guys. Don't forget to leave us a review. Oh, yeah. Leave us a review. Uh, iTunes. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. Follow us at PTTP Show. Thank you, guys. Take care. Love you guys. Bye.